Printer Games, the podcast about what's new and awesome in 3D printing for gaming. I'm one of your hosts, Jefferson J. Thacker, also known as Param, and I'm joined by Kristen Sowards, also known as Seventh Mastery. And today we've got a very special guest, Matt Gus from TPK. Hey, Matt. Hey, how are you guys doing? And thank you for letting me be on the show. I um, you're on the show because we were kind of really excited about what you're doing. But before we get into that specifically, why don't you just tell people like the 30 second version of who you is? Okay. Well, I am a lifetime gamer. Started playing back in the late 70s with like the the first edition. Mm -hmm. Um, And then from there, it's just been part of my life ever since. I've got two wonderful sons, uh, one who is following in my footsteps and in, in many ways racing out ahead of me. He is um, Church of Doom, uh, has his own uh, show out there. Some of your listeners may know about him and a uh, younger son who's a musician, a wonderful wife, Lori. And uh, I'm just I just love the game, love the hobby that's associated with the game. And, uh, you know, every chance I get. Uh, role playing is what I do. For as awesome. Now, before we jump into the main topic at hand, which is why we've got you on the show, which is in the title, here's a hint it's about really awesome, kind of outside the box terrain projects. Uh, what's what's everybody doing right now? What kind of projects and fun gaming stuff and 3D printed crafty things y'all up to? Kristen? Well, you might recognize this, Param. I printed and painted up a whole bunch of these guys. I use them for for um, for far plane oh, monsters. Oh, the Venom Stalkers! <laughs> yeah, but they're Venom Stalkers from the Alien Hive Army from OPR, which now I have a very good start on. And I, I think I've told you that I'm kind of like hybriding my my uh, OPR army to also kind of be a Mind Flayer army. Mm-hmm. So like, it's... Um, I'm using the same basing. I've got these little like sharp, spiky base things that kind of look like hive bases from. Mm-hmm. Um, from uh battle yak actually Ooh, and then i'm popping them all in there and just kind of trying to paint it up so that it looks like you can kind of combine them in any combination i've also got like an elder brain and some umber hulks Ooh. although i found another uh umber hulk well it's like more like it, it looks almost looks like the gothams from uh dark crystal mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. from um Shonu, I think minis. Anyway, so yeah, I, I'm I'm creating all sorts of bug horror aberrations right now, and that's that's kind of my jam. I mean, oh, so surprise, surprise. Your legs, right? Trying tentacles. something different, new. That doesn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not at all. But it's. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, so uh, I am first geeking out about the uh, the news that there's going to be that new Planescape box set, and very hopeful. And this is all your fault, Kristen. Yeah, because I was not I was ambivalent to the planes until you convinced me how awesome it was. And then I dove deep and I was like, oh, my gosh, Planescape is kind of awesome. And then, you know, throwing 40 hours at that CRPG. Um, I think you, of course, like lost your life to the old um, the old uh, CRPG Planescape tournament, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Actually, Colin McComb, who helped write it, uh, uh-huh. it was in my gaming group, actually, for fourth edition playtesting, oddly enough. Uh, and he actually went to high school with my brother, so I've known Colin for years. But um, he worked on the, the uh, original box set stuff and did um, Hellbound, if you're familiar. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then um, on to Torment. And Torment, of course, is one of my favorite video games of all time. 
especially if you find that little sensate cube that you can use to con like continually use to get experience from it. So you can parallel your characters with it and just rip through the rest of the game and watch the story. I never found that cube. No, yep. no, no. Yep. It was just specific sequence of questions you had to do on the memory cubes. I don't know if you remember those were because mm -hmm. the, the sensates have like a, they imprint their memories and store them so they can exchange them amongst each other. Mm -hmm. And apparently there was like a memory of being like really powerful or something or other. And you could, you could go through the right sequence and as many times as you want to. I think I spent 90% of my time in that game opening the map and putting little pins on everybody's character so that when the, so because I kept going back and forth on the billion little quests that made me trek across that city. Oh, and yeah. So when I opened up my map, it was just like a porcupine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks like there's some love for it in chat, too. Torment is the best video game ever. Only one of the ones you could actually talk to the enemy surrender. Yeah, you could. Mm -hmm. Updated my journal. Nice. We also have Herberto. Hey, Herberto. Always good to have you in uh, talking about. Are you all ready for Gen Con? Um, kind of. Uh, I am intentionally ready and like excited. Am I actually prepared now? We also have Lord Novas. Howdy. Howdy. And we have Joseph in chat. Welcome aboard. The other thing I'm getting ready for is, you know, I told you I'm kind of like getting the itch, getting the itch to play some RPGs, getting the itch to get behind the Game Master screen again, because I've I've had a little bit of time off. Some of my players have taken over some GMing and run through some campaigns and adventures. And uh, and then tells the Valiant Alpha drops and I'm like, you know, hey, gang, won't we try it out? And I've actually got my group to agree to let me run us through a uh, a, a brief tells the Valiant playtest to see how we're going to like this thing. And that's uh, hopefully going to work out. But that does, of course, mean that I am looking at putting together what uh, sort of 3D printed goodies that I can use for this little playtest campaign. And this is an away game because... Um, the best sorts of games are usually the ones that you get to play after hours at game stores. I actually kind of agree. We play my Saturday game in an after hours bookstore. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So uh, I, I need something that's portable and I don't want to go back to those days where Crystal Cast made this like gigantic, basically um, luggage that you would call basically was just rebranded luggage that you would haul music equipment in. So it was like four feet long with wheels and <laughs> like insert so you could load the crap wheeled with books and miniatures. And I used to haul that around everywhere and then like upgraded to like an Eileen's crafting hauling thing to, to haul my like 800 Pathfinder books and, you know, 30 minis and terrain and stuff. So I'm wanting to keep it slim. I'm wanting to, to come up with like a portable kit that I can like bring to these games as well as like all the cool minis and still show off awesome terrain and uh, not have to like, you know, rent a van to get <laughs> to the game store every time. Um, but I, I'm not the sort of GM who can half do anything when it comes oh, yeah. to the games. I have to bring the gotta props. be extra, right? Gotta I be extra. To, yeah. Yeah. Like the fully printed poster maps with the overlays <laughs> and like, like the, the 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 fog of war, which is like cut out hundreds little 
gray and black, you know, <laughs> cardstock clouds so that I can move them across the field to reveal the rooms as as people move from room to room. Oh yeah. Um, I need to I need to do it, but I can't I can't do that hauling thing. So I'm I'm you know I'm putting together a list of minis to print to print. I'm looking for like a good way to haul the minis, and I'm you know. I'm hitting a lot of like really cool scattered terrain stuff, a lot of cast and play stuff, of course, from the, their terrain sets. And that kind of brings us back to our topic at hand, which is, hey, this <laughs> would look a lot better if I had something really cool looking to put all this pretty manis and terrain on. <laughs> and Matt, Matt, you got a solution for us there, don't you? Something I could like really easily throw into my bag of holding without like, you know, breaking my back to get it to the game store. Yeah, I think I've got something that'll that'll work for you. Because, um, mm-hmm. like every, everything that you were saying, Jefferson, about mm-hmm. like you know cutting up pieces of, of cardboard to have your fog of war and that. I think mm-hmm. like every game master, you know, once you like you you take that that you know you drink the Kool Aid and you become the forever game master, mm-hmm. you're going to try anything you can think of to have the kind of experience for your players that you possibly can. So right. you're going to you're going to cut up cardboard for things. You're going to steal every bit of scrap that you can find to create stuff. Right. I think it just it just comes with the territory. You but you can build a tavern in your backyard. <laughs> exactly. Or take one of your parents' sheets and turn it into a full-size map of uh, of the Middle Earth. Okay, Let's cool that. idea. Yeah, that sounds great. Uh, but I think also when you do that, you know, and you, and you get into it and you want to have stuff, you, you realize a lot of things like one, if you, if you don't play at your house, you can play somewhere else. You, you can't, I mean, lugging boxes around of stuff around is it's not fun. Um, especially when you lug it all there, you get it set up and the players, when you describe the situation and they ask you a question, that's just like an off question. And you, you kind of just, casually answer it with the detail about your world they say oh we want to go there instead let's go there <laughs> everything you brought is you're like oh yeah okay i guess we're not doing that and then you got to figure out how to how to uh, turn it around mm-hmm. and so um you know i've been i've been a forever uh gm myself and i've tried every system i've got all sorts of different things here my friends who've been gms they've done things as well and I really, you know, I thought, you know, there's there there's got to be something that we can do for like like for you Jefferson where you you're you're gaming somewhere else, you got a small area to work with for people who have tight budgets, they can't afford to buy all of these things. And so for the last couple of years I've been working on this this uh, set that I call Battle Stages that's based upon ultimate dungeon terrain that um, you can you'll see on um, Dungeon Craft. Uh, with Professor Dungeon Master. And the mm-hmm. idea is very straightforward. It's to create a an environment that you can control as the Dungeon Master, switching out the look of the stage, if you will, that all of your fights and your encounters are on. So these are 3D printable STL files. And the idea is, you know, in my experience, if I set up a bunch of terrain that I'm using for things like you moving the, the the characters, the minis from room to room, my players, the, their eyes glaze over. The only time that the terrain really matters to them is when you roll the dice. It's like, okay, 
role initiative, and then they're in it because they want to know where their miniature needs to go, what are they up against. And so Battle Stages is built around the idea of optimizing that space, that moment in time to create this platform that as a GM, you can customize it and switch it out uh, to the setting that works for your encounter. And your players can just get engaged right in that spot right there. It's designed to be portable. Uh, you can see right there, that's the, the base that the, the color goes on top of. Now do keep in mind, we hear mostly an audio audience. So we're looking at a base that has been divided into four parts and it looks, it looks like dungeon pizza. I'll be honest. Yeah. Dungeon it looks pizza. like dungeon pizza. I love I like, that. I like oh, yeah. dungeon pizza. And it mag, it, it breaks apart. So for easy storage and you, it looks like you've got magnets set up to snap it back together. Yeah, yep. You can put, you can do magnet inserts to hold it together or the, the, the kit comes with a, a dowel you can print. So you can peg the pieces together. Mm -hmm. um, it's really designed. So the modular design serves two purposes. One is mm -hmm. for transport, being able to break it down into small pieces and fit it in a backpack uh, mm -hmm. or a satchel along with the, the terrain and the, the scatter pieces that you need. It's really easy to do, but also not that, you know, not that many of us have printers that are big enough that you can print that whole pizza. I mean, that, right. that base is 18 inches across and, you know, I have a printer that could almost do it, but it's a horrible printer. It can't almost do anything right now. It's been sitting there forever. So most people have prints, you know, the, the print area is going to be smaller. So by making it modular, uh, that allows people to print the pieces and be able to build as they're, as they're setting up their encounters. Mm -hmm. I do like that you are. It's so for people who aren't aware of the ultimate dungeon terrain uh, concept, we've talked about it on the show a few times before, but basically instead of like trying to do the dungeon forge thing where you like build the entire dungeon uh, terrain out or, or you print out like a humongous map of terrain to like to get everything possible, you're really only focused on the encounter in question. So it's this big circle um, that you've textured up or in some method like three in this case uh 3d printed uh textures that look mm -hmm. really nice and then you put 2.5d terrain on it which means you put like scattered terrain and like interesting 3d elements like you would normally yeah. do if you were building out a big terrain setup but you're only focused on the room or immediate point of action around the characters instead of trying to build the whole dungeon and it's a circle, so you can turn that thing right around, and everybody gets a good view of what's going on. It turns really well, by the way. I did get to play with it. Yeah. So. Uh, and there's a few different like methods I've seen. Uh, I've seen like Fresno Dungeon Masters done a whole series of videos on this, and other people have riffed on it. Um, and I like your implementation of it because the base plate is separate from the textures, and it all breaks down. Whereas, like, I've, I've built some uh, Ultimate Dungeon Terrain myself and used it in games and loved it. But, like, it's a, I built, like, the big 22-inch pizza version. Nice. That don't, that don't travel well. Yeah. Uh, and I, I may have done it double-sided. So, you know, I get Wilderness on one side and, and Stone on the other to get the most out of it. But um, it don't travel well when it's no. the size of an extra-large pizza and... Uh, I think that blasted slamathlange has mm -hmm. like the the best summary I've seen so far. Oh, Makes me, me think of old style JRPGs where you have overworld theater of the mind, 
and then you zoom in on a battle screen. Right. right. There you go. And that is very much how this feels. And it's very much how it worked when I got you go. And your implementation of the idea is really cool, which is, and, and full disclosure, we originally found out about this because you contacted us to do a sponsored spot, but we thought it was cool enough to like not do a sponsored spot and just have you on as a guest because like I really like it. Plus, like it's really cool to have like some really interesting, innovative indie creation space um, because like we've been worried for a little bit that like the the market blow and stuff was going to be resulting like only like the big players really putting stuff out for a while. Yeah, which would be which would be sad. And and um, and and thank you, by the way, I really just I appreciate the opportunity to be here. And um, and I love what everybody's saying about it. Um, if you know, the the project is funded and that makes me very happy. And if only a handful of people like the idea and and pick up the STLs and run with it and, and I get maybe one or two messages that say, hey, this is pretty cool. Hey, I'm happy. It's uh, you know, I. I've always want speaking of dungeon pizza. That yeah, one, that's, that's what I was like. That's the dungeon pizza right there. <laughs> um, I've always wanted to to give back to the game. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. it's something that that's you know been on my on my mind for a long time. Uh, that um, it's it's brought me so much joy. All the different types of games. I mean, I do tabletop war games as well, mm-hmm. and um, I just reached that point where I, I thought I've got an idea. I think it'll work really well, and um, it is. It's a chance to give back and. Uh, and uh, hopefully um, make some experiences for people. Um, but like the, the, the blasted Samoflange, he's, he's got it right. This is, you know, and I think earlier somebody talked about how, you know, this is about setting up a stage. And absolutely, the whole concept is if you're the game master and you put all this effort into this encounter, well, I want the stage that that encounter happens on to just be as unique and as enjoyable and memorable as possible. I don't want it to overtake what you've done and and that, but I want it to complement it. I want it to be something where your players are like, hey, remember when we ran into that beholder and this and that and, and everything. And, and I just want that to be something that just assists in making some great memories. Now, I'll, when, when you contacted us about it, you actually sent some files over our way and I wish I could have printed them, but like, uh, I was going to take all weekend this to get take those files printed, and uh, instead, it turns out you're close enough to Kristen to reach out and slap him. That's right. It's true. It's true. We Kristen, actually you got to yep. touch it, right? Oh yeah, I got to play with it last night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we met up and we uh, we talked about gaming and stuff, and suddenly I was like, "Wow, this is this is this is my person." We talked for an, like an hour and a half, oh, yeah, at least. Day. Yeah, that was so much yeah. fun. So I was like, we did a whole episode right there and weren't recording it, unfortunately. But um, yeah, and so I got I got to actually get my hands on it and play with it and um, transport it. Like, which the, the funny thing is, you know, I didn't know what to expect when we were meeting up. So I cleaned out the entire back of my car and my car is not huge. <laughs> my car is not huge. Right. But mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, we, we go, you know, it's all set up. Matt shows me how it works and we're looking at it. It looks really cool. And uh, then we break it down for me to take it. And Matt has this little like briefcase uh, and like, it, I mean, it's, it's, it's formidably sized, maybe like, I don't know what yeah. inches wide, Matt. Yeah. about that. It's an old salesman's case, I think from like the sixties and seventies. And this whole thing like collapses down into that and a little box for, for the trees so they don't get mushed. Right. And like, 
A, totally could have flown with it on a plane and certainly did not need to clean the entire back of my car out so that I could put it in there. And it's funny because the entire drive home, I could hear this little like briefcase like sliding back and forth. <laughs> Fortunately, the trees weren't moving because I'd, I'd secured them better than that. But, you know, that's the other stuff about this. Um, it's hybrid. So you use and you can use FDM and resin and mm -hmm. monopolize on the best qualities of both of them to get that high detail resin on the inlays mm -hmm. and then get a really strong, stable ring for the, for the mm -hmm. frames, or if you did the square or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And, um, like, even while I was talking to Matt, I was like, but you could do this to it. You could do that to it. You could do this to that. And like, you know, like kept like thinking all the things, this is going to be so fun to mod and play around with. And Matt has this crystal set, which is super cool, by the way, you know how I'm obsessed with crystal stuff. Uh, so translucent resin, right? But translucent base. So you can put like a lighting source, like an LED or something beneath there under the other terrain. You could even probably get it under the terrain, the, the tray, if you had mm -hmm. a smaller light strip and get light coming. So it looks like the crystals are glowing. And that is I love that. That's so That's amazing. So awesome. I, I am so hyped for that. So, um, yeah, definitely going to be, uh, printing some of this myself but the idea of like you know fusing the resin and the and the fdm getting the train bits mm -hmm. um the trees come with this right uh and they then, do yes yeah so there's there's it's not just the the stage it's like the whole thing um but i got i got to set up some stuff and play around with it and um just super fun like i got to do um some uh interactive stuff because the inlays at least currently i know there's talk of maybe some some bevels or something to, to seat them but they're currently you can slide them and so mm -hmm. i actually got to do like a rotational thing where like the dungeon floor spun oh, and I um i got to, to mess around with that and, and there's just it's it's such a good literal foundation literal right but it's going to be infinitely tweakable right. like super excited about that so yeah it was it was it was easy to pack and like I said, just uh, super sturdy, super cool. Um, the way Matt had them packed up, you just slide them down and all the resins pressing up against each other and it's, it, it's really like protected, you yeah. know? Mm -hmm. And so I'm super hype about that because like I rarely think I could take resin printed anything on a plane to go to a convention, <laughs> but I could do this. This could go. And sure, that, totally could go. Yeah. yeah, this that is huge for me because like, I like to do fun extra maps and boards and stuff. That's really weird looking and both with the modularity, of the inlays and I could paint them up for different effects. Mm -hmm. uh, you can swap things in and out. So like if there's a magical thing, like the board I used last night has kind of these crystal inlays on it that are, mm -hmm. I think Matt, did you paint this yourself? Yeah. So they're painted up blue, but you could totally do like have them color change, right? If you were willing to paint separate sets of them. So you could do like light puzzles and stuff where like the, the, inlays changed colors and um it's the sort of thing like i could futz around with for hours hours ah uh, you me so excited when you talk about that i i, I just love it because um that the idea of versatility is also what i was thinking about from the very beginning and that is i mean you know especially if you're like a you're a young game master you don't have a lot of money you know yeah. you don't have a big budget and so if you're going to invest in terrain um the more versatile, the better. And so the idea behind this was to be able to have it so that your your stage, your base could be like any forest. And it's just where you place the things and you can mix and match. You can put you could put cemetery pieces on top of it. You'd have a crypt in there. 
You could have a wizard's tower in the middle. You could put a pond on it. There's all sorts of things you could do from various sources, but not feel like you have to just make this heavy investment um, in, in everything. So um, it, for me, that you know, versatility was right out of the gate for that. Um, yeah. And like when you talk about crystal, about the crystals and having a light under it, I start thinking about like the, the base piece of drilling in through the bottom there, having the light up and all of these flat, massive crystals that have been sheared off by mm -hmm. time would all just be glowing on the table. So yeah, I think it'd be super cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, if, uh, Param, if you want to show it, I'm all right. So you've got one of these, you have it with you, right? Yes, I have it with me and I've set it up so that it's, uh, it, it's show offable. Okay. I mean, I, I, Actually, I'm really impressed with the seeing seeing the the setup that you've got here and uh, how you've uh, managed to set it up. Also, you've got it on a turntable right now. Yep, yep. Which you could totally do for your players very easily. And yeah. you've mixed terrain pieces. You've got like some wilderness surrounding some well, marbly um, stuff. I didn't quite have a full set of the marbly stuff, but mm -hmm. I also wanted to show off because normally I would have, there's some that are painted leaf inlays that are really cool. Mm -hmm. But I also just wanted to be able to point to there's like a tavern florixter as well. Mm -hmm. um, and I wanted kind of to see that because I think that's super useful as well. Mm -hmm. So obviously if I were to, to set this up optimally, I would probably match everything, um, you know, but I wanted to kind of have a variety of stuff on it so that people could see what it looks like. Um, and like these little guys here, um, those trees are modular. You can pop them off and okay. and swap out different things. And these are, these are all part of the, the offering as well. I love this. This reminds me of the yawning portal uh, yeah. tavern. Like you could totally do a setup for that. But, um, what I was talking about here with this centerpiece and I might move, move. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it. This part isn't seated. So you can turn it if you want. Oh, okay. So you can do some really wild dungeon manipulation with that. Um, since these are resin, you could also print fused elements to them. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. It, there's so much potential. And like I said, it's, it, it's a literal foundation. That's like super duper cool. Like I am hyped for the, the possibilities. There's also these crystals, you know, that showed you that there's a crystal inlay set for the middle as well. You know, right. He was talking about it again, the translucent resin on the bottom. If you want to do lighting stuff, right. um, I, 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 I do like how uh, the, the basic idea of this is, is super fun because like there's the different elements are useful for different situations. Like mm -hmm. if I like, for instance, already at, here at the house, like I've got a few of those big 22 inches. I wouldn't need to print the the base or anything, but using all the modular stuff with this, well, first anything that adds to my uh, scatter collection is is, is lovely. Oh, yeah. um, and oh, then yeah. and then like, there's also like the woodworker in me who is like, well, instead of printing this base, I could just like get my lathe out and and like you know craft up like a, a an oaken one and then use all these cool inserts in it and swap them in and out. Sure, oh, um, that'd be awesome. Yeah. And then well, there's the yeah. reverse of it where it's like, well, for the portable base, I've got all these cool SDLs that you've got and I could totally like make all my own custom inserts to go into it. Like the this has just got my crafter brain oh, yeah. going yeah. as much as my game master brain going. Well, and if you have like a CNC or something to cut some um like chipboard or or you know, really fine wood stuff. 
clearly I need to go get my laser cutter now. <laughs> I'm, my, my workshop's not complete until I get a CNC and a laser cutter. Can we still call ourselves Print Your Games if we get laser cutters too? I don't know. Just make the title longer. The Print Your <laughs> Games laser cutting, it's all good. Well, we did that one episode that was uh, where we talked about almost printing, mm-hmm. uh, where we talked about like all the adjacent tech and cool stuff going on, like with 2D miniatures and laser cut terrain and, and stuff. I want lasers. Audience, audience, would you would you object to adding lasers to the show? <laughs> I mean, there's not going to be a ton of content out there for that, I don't think, but I want more lasers. What's interesting too, just on the idea of, of just lasers and sci-fi, that that blasted Samoflange it put out there is just, just an idea. I play mostly sci-fi, which often has longer ranges than fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, you could have several of these for players you know, way into max. So, one of the things that I would say about the the what I've set up and what's available, what all, what what's out there is, um, I'm going to be doing not just terrain textures that are fantasy uh, leaning mm-hmm. right um, right i'll be doing post-apocalyptic i'll be doing uh there i have uh, as part of the the stretch goals there's a a, a spaceport like a, 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 a you know a storage bay with a with a, a, a portal a port that opens up on it um and a whole host of others so the so the idea behind this is you know, you make your base, you get that set up, and then the beauty and the fun is in what do you put on top of it? The right. different t- terrain textures that you get, how you mix them and match them. And then, as you said, Jefferson, getting your your scatter collection out and just going wild by putting things out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and there's, there's, I've seen that there, when I've seen various people propose this, like this concept ever since the, the original videos from Professor Dungeon Master came out. Like there's been like all kinds of really cool variations on it, and you seem to be supporting a lot of them. Um, it's like the uh, originally when it came out, it was like you know you put a grid on it because you know we're used to playing on grids. Yeah. And then there was a version of it that is actually the one you led with, which is zoned combat, or yeah. like I I called it uh, um, close near far combat, which is uh, a similar concept where you just have mm-hmm. stage zones on the the field instead of like tracking like individual grid movement is just abstracting it. Like, are you in the center? Are you near the center? Are you way out in the boonies? Exactly. And so for like uh, in a science fiction game where you do have longer ranges, mm-hmm. the concept of having those zones even built in, like you can see on the setup we have here, mm-hmm. the stone terrain is gridded, mm-hmm. but you've, you've got the way I, the way the pieces are designed, you can actually print them out in those zones as well. So that outer ring is just very far away. That's, that's long range for your missiles and things like that. Mm-hmm. The inner, the middle ring is close range. And then the centerpiece is mm-hmm. immediate. Okay. These are people that are threatening you physically. And we talked about like playing mutants and masterminds before the show, which is one of my favorite games to play, but that's when you're starting dealing with like superheroes and stuff where like some of my characters are able to move multiple miles in a combat round. And oh, yeah. so like no terrain is going to be able to uh, accommodate that. But like setting up like one of these with like, you know, a, a city block kind of textures and like taxi cabs and stuff uh, to help just oh, yeah. add some cool 3D terrain elements to a game where it would otherwise be impractical. Though I have built like a eight foot by eight foot city once for Hero Clicks, and that was fun. 
Wow. That's awesome. Now, I would say for like the like it's like the bigger games, mm-hmm. nothing wrong with printing up a second one and having one set up on I the was gonna mention the that. Yeah, another you could, one on the right side. You could totally do a whole table even. Oh, and oh, it was totally good. It would still be like You're two not briefcases. To split the party. <laughs> um, oh, two and briefcases. Another, another thing that I don't <laughs> that I, I don't pr- I'm not promoting as as I think as well as I should is what you see, you've got the circular version right there, mm-hmm. um, but every texture, all of the files also come in a hexagon shape, which is about at the point to opposite point is about 17 inches. Mm-hmm. And then you have a square version, which is 18 inches on each side. And so just looking at that, if, you, if you're like, okay, I, I want a little bit bigger of an arrangement, mm-hmm. You can you can actually set up more and be able to have like with the hexagons, you could have interlocking hexagons. Talk about a hex crawl. If you set that up and had like a forest in one and a and swamp in the one next to it, and then a you know, the rolling like rolling grasslands, you can I am. I will say I actually am tempted by the hex version of this one uh, because I just I like angles. Yeah, it it definitely it's something that would uh, (laughs) that would stand out and make make it look really cool well i'm gonna throw out another thing with that too is that you could use this for the hexagonal room in your dungeon with your other terrain and just have this be the like like you know i'm saying i understand that's a a a departure from the thing but like i also have a lot of dungeons of lasers terrain and they do not have any hexagonal or circular rooms and so like to print these out get that as my portable you know, that and then the 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 Dungeons and Laser stuff also breaks down very similarly. Oh yeah, as it could be like the cool room, like the boss fight room. You know, also Param, I have another question here. I'm seeing eighteen by eighteen, right? Mm-hmm. Skirmish three feet by three feet. Uh, depends on your game, but uh, it, mm-hmm. is there a setting for that? I think there might be. Uh, three by three by three feet by three feet is dead zone. Okay. And, and infinity in a lot of skirmish games. So, yeah. So, printing four of those out, you would basically have a, a portable skirmish board mm-hmm. for, for a lot of games. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Oh, exactly. And I, is, um, what am I thinking? Uh, I'm thinking of a particular game, but I can't think of the name of it. So, it'll come to me. Yeah, I know. That there's there's so much fun to go into here and like mm-hmm. i am also really excited by the idea of fusing resin like bits and uh was it greeblies is that the word parent yeah but put the greeblies on there so you could have like swappable like sometimes it really bugs me when like there's something the party loots and then it's still on the map because it's there on the <laughs> terrain piece yeah. yeah so if they like move the thing you can actually just be like nope it's gone now <laughs> i think that's cool oh absolutely and you know that was you know one of the one of the things that I set out from the very beginning was I wanted these textures to have a, a look to them, a character to them. So they've got depth. There's elevation changes in the the, the forest one that's done, just modest ones. But you can see how it, the the landscape just has a little bit of a roll to it. And there are a few things on it that give it character: some ferns, a fallen tree. But there's plenty of space to be able to put your own greedlies in that you want to set down the scatter pieces that come with it so that you can really just have that flavor and you don't feel like your terrain and your, your scatter pieces are at odd angles because they're sitting on top of things. It's sure. it's meant to be as, as clean as it can be and, and still get the message across. 
And with the because you have some that's the the whole pie wedges together in some of the STLs, right? Yes. In fact, so like, yeah. I was gonna say with again with every design, I I'm tr- I I really try to make it as as universally appealing to the players as possible because we all have our different approaches. Sure. Some people are gonna look at them and be like, I don't want I don't, I don't want those zones. Right. So um, I'll show you this right here. This is something that I printed the other other day. Um, this is so this is a, a full quarter of the mm-hmm. forest terrain, mm-hmm. and this is printed in FDM. And I, I put it close to the camera, but it'd probably be all squishy. Oh, but throw that. so this one has the um, this one does have the zones in it, mm-hmm. but there's another version of this same thing that won't have those zone lines at all. It's just one solid just plain and simple piece of forest terrain. And, right. then, and again, that's FDM. And I, and I printed it at uh, 0.16. Do you, do you have a version of it available for like those of us with like super mega insane printers to print the entire thing in one piece? Yes, there will be. <laughs> there'll, there'll be a full pizza of it <laughs> if you want. It's there uh, and to, to print out all in one piece. So absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, it, it, there's so many files people are going to get just for the for one texture that that they buy. So if you get the forest texture, you're and you get it in the circular design, you're going to get the full pizza, the four quarters, the individual um, sections that that allow you to print it on a small printer, and you'll get all of the and then you get the center, the very center of it as one full piece as well. And every one of those will be in plane or with the uh, or grid. Because so many people do, they're like, I, I got to know. I got to know how close I am. Got to know my area spell effect, you know. And, and so that's all included. And that, that really runs to kind of like how I like to run my games at a con where, like, I'll have the small map off to the side for, like, you know, you're doing the dungeon crawly thing or whatever, or you're going through the wilderness. And you're just, like, off to the side, like, but not, you know, not one-to-one, one inch equals five feet yeah. square. And when it's time to throw down, like, you know, you you throw your map down, you quickly sketch out the encounter area and then you get to town. And this is just the 3d printed version of that same concept. Even if you're not doing zone based combat or, or fully embracing the stage combat, having the grids on there means that you can just like, what I like to do with the ones I've made myself is I have a bunch of like different themed pillars. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I just like put those down in the room corners and like, this is the room. Here's the door, and I throw down a door in there, like you have on some of your your tavern instance. Yeah, and that like, and there, everybody knows where the room is and mm-hmm. how big the room is, but there's no walls in the way to block your line of sight. And you throw the furniture down and the minis, and you it's all the benefits of playing on a dwarven forge table, uh, and all that experience, compacted and easy to set up. And I tell you, I've said this on the show before, I had like a full like the giant collection of dwarven forge like everything you wanted all fully painted like the 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 dungeon master dream setup and i got rid of it because of how much of a pain in the butt it was (laughs) to set that stuff up and play in it and then somebody it's like you said a change of plans it wasn't just hauling the stuff in it was like the two hours before the game that i had to sit there putting little corner down and measuring out everything and then and all that stuff. And it looks glorious. Oh. It looks awesome. They sell that stuff so well. Um, and then, like, no, got rid of all that. 
and I do like 2.5D or low walls or... Yeah. yeah, Matt and I were talking about that at Hazard the other day is that mm-hmm. the low walls are what our players want anyway. Like they don't oh, want yeah. to like crawl over the dungeon to like look down in this little trough that's only two inches wide, right? <laughs> that's <laughs> super obnoxious. And, oh, yeah. and you it, can just... It works if you've got one of those like recessed game table areas sure. where you, everybody's looking down into it. And they're not in the way, but I do the opposite. Like I play with raised game table surfaces. Like, yep. Like yeah. I, I, I built these like really cool, this really cool folding all wood oak uh, raised platform uh, that you know brings it up three inches. So like all your character sheets and nice. books and stuff slide under the table. And then on top we have all the game ready to go and we play our war games and our RPGs and our board games on that. But that means that the walls get in the way even more. Yeah. So yeah. like, that's why I got rid of walls. Like everything is either the low walls um, or no walls, implied walls or back walls. And the battle stage is really perfect for either of those options where like, if you do have walls, you just put walls on the one end away from the players mm-hmm. and th- then you can like, you know, let them know. And then you put like, the stuff that matters and the players will are already used to playing with tic tacs and starbursts this is this is like no this is no. the next dimension above tic tacs and starbursts <laughs> yeah I, th- I i i did tic tacs and starbursts when i was a kid for sure mm-hmm. um yeah and you know I, I don't have i mean i love uh dwarven forge myself my mm-hmm. my best friend who is we've gamed since we were kids together he has a full set of it as well, and we thoroughly enjoy it. And he'll, we'll set up, uh, you know, he'll he'll set up for the evening. We get there, and everything's laid out in all of its glory. And and I think that's fantastic. To just so so many drawbacks for I think in in many respects the style of games that are today. You know, yeah, today's games are so much about about getting into the role playing of the character and character development and story development, and so much of that is theater of the mind. Yeah. When I was a kid, dramatic scene, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, dramatic scene. I mean, when I was a kid and we were doing, we were, you know, we're we were playing, you know, and we had this dungeon we we're going through. Yeah, the, I would, I would, I would make my players move their miniatures down the hall. Oh yeah, into Even. the empty room that was just before they got into the room with the monster in it, um, and, and because that's how the game was back then. It was the dungeon mm-hmm. hall. You're moving around. You got to be where you got to be. I got to know where your miniature is so I know whether or not the monster can see you. And now it's so much theater of the mind, and and this just plays into as soon as the theater of mind opens up into, let's see it. You get to you get to run with it. Well, I think of actual plays a critical role, and like you know when they bust out the minis, there it's maybe a couple rooms, or it's yeah. a big dramatic scene. It's you know the tower where they're fighting the archmage, and they're fighting outside, right? And he's flying and stuff, mm-hmm. or there's like an airship or whatever. It's like it's like one thing. Um, yeah. And I think that's really, you know, you're kind of nailing it with this idea where the big scene kind of happens in that one place. And this, especially for travel gaming, I cannot emphasize how uh, joyous breaking down and and taking this thing and, and reassembling it was. It, it, I've, I've even, and like I said, I love my Dungeons and Laser stuff, but you got all the snaps and the pegs and the and the little pins and all that stuff to kind of do it. And it's not quite as bad as Dwarven Forge because I have a set of Dwarven Forge too, not very much of it, but it, it was really like clunky to build out for me. Was it the old Bowtie connector versions? Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> Ugh. Anyway. Uh, but this, you know, with the magnets and everything, it literally is just like put them next to each other. They snap together. You start the inlay process and you're you're good to go in like five minutes. And it just, like I said, took no 
no space in my car. Right. I, yeah. I, I'm looking yeah. at like when I got used to run games at conventions, this, this would like, I would be like king of the Paizo room throwing <laughs> this thing down for, for the encounters there. Mm -hmm. That would be perfect for like PFS or mm -hmm. uh, adventures league. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Super cool. Oh, absolutely. We, uh, my, so my older son and I went to um, game hold con before COVID. Love game hold. Game hold con. Love it. Love it. So much fun. So much fun. And the people there are amazing. And we both signed up to to run games. We mm -hmm. we each ran um, a, a, a different adventure that my son had written. At that time, he'd started a, a company called um, uh, um, um, I'm having a brain cramp here. Quest Chests, and he was putting together putting together a whole bunch of of adventures. And we went there to kind of see how the adventures would work. And and each of us had a different one. But just for this simple adventure where I'm doing this lighthouse thing, I had several cases I had to bring with me at the time to to be to reflect all the different locations and the different things. And it was pretty cumbersome and it was just a one shot. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think, you know, for people going to conventions, if you're running a show, mm -hmm. you want it. You want lean and and impactful. How how, how much space would it take if I wanted to br bring one of these in like four different or three different textures so i could have my wilderness encounter my town encounter and my dungeon encounters i'm gonna i'm gonna do a visual on this one yeah so i was gonna say we've got that can you show us yeah show us, Kristen. Kristen can show the case break it down yeah uh, we get the case like that's that's a little it's a crossroom i can go <laughs> i'm actually just gonna show you one of the tiles really quick though because like these things like cool tile right cool tile and mm -hmm. if you're listening to this, this is like a, an archway of, I don't know what, uh, it's the middle ring. So about 10, 10 inch really? diameter, just guessing. Yeah, yeah that's about right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Look how thin that is. Mm -hmm. So you, you're, you're packing those up and you're just stacking them. So that's a know. resin piece? Yeah, it's Dude. resin. And how like I said, because, so flat? because it's resin, uh, you're, you're going to be able to fuse stuff to it too. Like I said, I think it's neat, but, mm -hmm. but, but when you're not fusing it, you've got this really thin thing to work for it and they just stack up and like the outer ring is in sections like this. So they can just, you know, go, you know, I mean, we're not even to half an inch yet. Right. Like, and, and stacking up yeah, a whole theme maybe takes what two inches in, and that's at the, like this, this yeah. total, I mean, Could I, I don't know. Yeah. Five average. or six inches. Your average fantasy flat board box, like the cube, the square ones, would I be able to fit it all in that? I would think so. You, your scatter might be where you start to run into issues of yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. How many scatter and minis you took would be the thing, but no, the 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 thing itself fits. Uh, most of the pieces fit in just the middle chamber of that briefcase, so mm -hmm. it was like maybe what three inches across, four about or about. Yeah. And, and then, if, you, if you print it out in like quarters, then if you think about like four quarters of that thickness, but yeah, you put nothing. your textures together, you're looking at about that much space. For it's like literally, it's about the same space as like a flip map. If I folded up a flip, a few flip maps in my. Are you familiar with the, yeah. the flip maps? Yeah. Okay, so this was in the middle chamber. Mm -hmm. well, let me throw it. It's about three inches. I, I will try to give you a shot of how much stuff I don't want it to fall out, right. but there's okay. like, there are, uh, eight or nine stack thicks. Okay. 
And, and so this has at least two or three themes in it. Nice. Just mm -hmm. the space. So again, that's fitting in the bottom of your suitcase. It's fitting in like a little briefcase. Uh, insanely portable. So what do you need to print this stuff? Like what kind of equipment? Like do I need to have, like is this filament required, resin required? Do I need to go get a Jupiter? No, uh, no, you don't need a Jupiter. You, but you do need a build. You, you need a build plate that's going to be big enough. So if you're, it'll, it'll print on resin uh, for sure. That's that's my preferred resin. I love it. I love everything they can do. Um, I use. I have a Saturn. Okay. And I'm able to take the full size outer radius of these textures, and I can stand them on on end. I mean, I, I'm a little adventurous. I'll print them vertical. Mm -hmm. with supports on on the outer edge uh -huh. and i can print a whole outer edge on my uh, on my saturn the and then inner, yeah of the circle and yep. then go to the middle section and the and the center section so um you, you you do have to have a build plate size but if you don't have something that's that big that can do a full outer ring that outer ring you get files that it cuts it in half so now you've got two smaller sections that you can print so you're not having to tower like on a Mars high. or something, right? Yeah. And then if you're if you've got um, you know a, 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 a PLA printer, then you can print it, you can print it flat and it'll take a whole quarter easily. You won't be able to do the full thing, but you can do quarters at a time. Um, I have a CR10, love my little CR10, it chugs along and uh, it'll it can print a whole section at a time. Got a um, question from Samiflage. What question? Could they be made stackable? Is easy to sound? Could you have pre-built stages stacked on top of one of each other? Uh, love that idea. And the answer is, yeah, they they definitely could be made to be stackable because, um, you know, as Christian showed when he showed you the bottom of it, the bottom's just it's flush, mm -hmm. so it wouldn't be that difficult to make little risers that would go in each corner and mm -hmm. or at the end of each piece and have it stand up. Well, uh, yeah, one of the Chicago at, version. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> one of the one of the things we were talking about at Haster the other day is that this to me um, mm -hmm. looks like it could also be like a bridge piece. Yeah. yeah. So mm -hmm. if you did some sort of edging treatment on it, and you could easily put some like little, you know, cross boards or something on the side of it, mm -hmm. and make like walkways for around like your Elven Tree Village or something, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I have visions of like a starport. Um, where the the outer edge has is a raised gantry that's all the way around, and the, that would be cool. They're standing on diamond plate, uh, you know, metal, and then and but it's all on these little risers, and below it is the the main deck. And so when you're ready to go from the riser to the main deck, you just lift the gantry off, and away you go. And, and looking at this, like I would want the FDM frame ideally, mm -hmm. but it could go. Like if you wanted to, it could go and you could just use the ring inlays on like felt or something. Oh, sure. And, yeah. Um, and at that point, it becomes a whole different setup, especially if you want to do make a big map. Right. You could do the the hexagons or the mm -hmm. squares and you could just blow this out and make a whole tile set with it as well. Absolutely. 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 I mean, it's it, it's got tremendous flexibility. One of the things I'm, I'm that's also uh, that I'm looking at that could be a stretch goal if if things were to go really well is expansions mm -hmm. so because it's four quarters if you wanted to divide the left and the right half of the forest apart you put an insert in the middle that's a river uh, that'd be neat and, you know and so it's just it's up to the imagination you could pull all four corners out 
and fill that in and set it. So now your forest is significantly bigger. If you've got players that are mobile or large parties. Yeah. I'm liking the, the idea that it the, like expands or piece. That would the, be a good thing. The digital mm-hmm. kit bashing opportunities here is also me. Like I want to crack oh. open blender and just like get the town making custom inserts. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and that's honestly, that's the fun that I have had in the creative process. This is something I've worked on for a couple of years now, and I'm not going to pretend that I'm a, I'm a designer that I, uh, that I could, I, I couldn't get into blender or uh, into um, mesh mixer and make a miniature to save my life. But I can go in and work a texture and take something that looks like, you know, like a muddy field and I can, put a, a bomb crater on it and and create like a more of a of a world war ii or a post-apocalyptic torn up environment so yeah you know, you know there it, it's so much fun to get into the file and just play around with it and see what you can do so how did you get in like why did you make the how did you make the jump from hey i love playing games to i'm gonna start this this company and and try to launch this really cool terrain like where did that where did that enter your brain space okay so um it it really started with um with my my son my older son who um he just had this desire the he you know he he came out of high school he went to college he got his his college degree he came home at the as he was graduating and said you know mom and dad um i'm i'm not going to get a regular job i want to start up my own company and i want to make dungeons and dragons third party uh, oh goodness. Uh, and, I, and i'm like you know I, and i'm like that's awesome and as mom she was a little bit more practical she's like how are you gonna buy a house and uh how are you gonna get insurance and i'm in the background going yeah. <laughs> so he took the plunge and um he started his company and, and he, he wanted to create a book full of of encounters and I was there to help him with it. I was kind of part of a little bit of the creative side of it and coming up with ideas and, and writing things up. And as we were doing that, I thought, you know, I, I love that he's doing this, that he wants to be part of the community. And I thought, you know, that's something I'd always kind of in the background wanted to do. Um, back in the late nineties, I, I uh, was fortunate. I, I did some cartoons. I did a comic strip called Swordplay and it got picked up by Dragon Magazine. It was in, it ran for a couple of years with them uh, in most issues. And, and I love that, that, and I thought, well, you know, let's, let's do something different. What can I do? And I thought about what parts of the game do I, you know, do I find challenging? And I, it, every time I would think about something different and what I thought I could do, it always came back to the terrain. It always came back to what are we playing on? Mm-hmm. Um, and like everybody that's on here, you know, if, if you've played, uh, role-playing games most of your life you're right you've tried everything you've made it yourself uh, or you've bought it and nothing was really it just didn't work and then i saw the, you know the ultimate dungeon terrain and i'm like okay that's got potential that's something cool but styrofoam breaks styrofoam crushes scratches mm-hmm. and when you do styrofoam that's all it is right so you gotta have a whole bunch of those if you're gonna do things different and so I just started kicking ideas around and I've got, you know, and, and Kristen knows this, the gaming community here where we live is amazing. It is. It's so amazing. many people so playing so many jealous. games. And so I, um, I got into that. I started going in, into people that I gamed with and I would show them my concepts and they would try it out and give me feedback and tell me what did and didn't work. And, 
Um, it took a couple of years to get to this point. Um, I, at one point, I, I was I was making them out of cast resin, which I do not recommend for any. You know, <laughs> Jack's floppy silicone molds. Yeah, floppy silicone molds with the resin and trying <laughs> to level it so that it comes out right. And oh, I've sure done that. Oh, oh, oh my gosh! And and then when I finally did have something, I'm like, this looks good in cast resin. It it weighed like a, like a small safe. These it was so heavy that if anybody wanted to buy it, I'd be like, okay, it's twice as much for the postage as it is for the thing. So <laughs> you, you gotta learn, but uh, yeah, I mean, it really, my, my son was a great inspiration to me and, uh, and he continues to this day. So we have a question from um, Blessed Samuflange. Uh, will there be blank templates? No detailing, just the base sizes for those who want to build it. Uh, I'm gonna go out and say, I had not thought of that, but that's awesome. So yeah, yes, that will be when, when um, you know, as this comes through, my, my goal is I will have a, a storefront set up. Mm -hmm. I, I do want to go through my uh, my mini factory. And right. so blank templates would absolutely be part of that. I think that'd be fantastic. And then I am hoping this is a big success because it's a cool system, but nothing is sadder than like when the systems come out and then they get abandoned. And it's like, mm. because <laughs> I love it with, if well, my dream is like this becomes successful. And then like next year and year after that, I'm like, ooh, what cool new inserts can i buy yeah, yeah i yeah. can make my own but i'm also lazy <laughs> <laughs> it's true and especially once you yeah. said uh vertical printing and resin so i'm like i'm envisioning almost a whole board on a plate or two and just set it forget it you know dry brush it up later that night and boom i got exactly. the shipping notification for my saturn three yeah. i can sit them side by side i could pump one of these things out the mm -hmm. day. yeah yeah <laughs> no i i mean i I love these. I'm I'm a gamer today. I it's not like I stopped playing. You know, every two weeks the group gets together and and um, I'm I've been the forever DM. But this year, um, because of other like huge house projects we've been working on, we turned the reins over to other people on the team, so we kind of rotated. Um, but I mean, I love making these. I've the it's like just having these conversations. New ideas come up. Oh yeah, and and I and so. I mean, I'll be making, you know, I'll be making terrain textures for a long time. I'm just thoroughly enjoying it. And like, yeah, the, I'm trying to muscle my way into their group. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, it, you, you've got an in. I mean, I, when I talked to Landon about it and he's just like, hey, we got an open seat. We'll bring you in for sure. Yeah, yeah sure. With uh, also the way Kristen talked about it, like you can get a lot of mileage with the textures you've already. Uh, yeah. You have four textures you're showing off right now, or is there more than that? I've got, yeah, I've got four that we're showing off right now. Well, yeah. three that, that were showing off, a fourth that got unlocked mm -hmm. uh, as part of the Kickstarter, and then even more that will get unlocked. Okay. Um, but we're talking, you know, things like um, like ancient lost cities where the the, the, land, the ground is a, is a certain type of stone that lends itself uh, to like, a, you know, uh, perhaps a, a, a far east uh, ruin set up, mm -hmm. uh, desert, um, the open ocean, um, uh, one of the ones that, that just opened up was uh, cobblestone. So we'll have cobblestone streets. And then there's just so many ones that we can that, that can be done. It's it's really, it's exciting and, and fun. So I, I, I don't think I'll ever run out of ideas. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us in the show. Before we call it quits, where can people find your work and get involved in with this project? 
Okay. Well, thank you. Uh, I absolutely have loved this. I'm having a great time. If, if people want to check it out, and I really hope you do, um, head over to Kickstarter and look up Battle Stages with an S uh, by TPK Terrain. Um, we've got uh, uh, different le uh, pledge levels that will go from a uh, first pledge level is just to have a, a single shape. If you just want the round one, you get all the files in the round one and all the stretch goals. But you can also uh, hit the next level up and get all three of the shapes and then all the files for that. Um, all the way up to if you there are a limited number of spots where you can actually have a custom terrain texture made uh, that you want. And uh, we'll circulate that amongst the group. So that's over at uh, Kickstarter. And um, just I would love it if you guys swing by and take a look at it. Maybe leave a comment if there's uh, something that you have a question about. And uh, yeah. we'll, we'll have a link. Uh, we'll have a link to the Kickstarter in our show notes to make that easy for our listeners to get to it. Um, definitely. And anything you want to shout out, Kristen, before we bounce out of here? Uh, I am really closing in on that 7K uh, one shot thing that I'm doing on TikTok. So same username over there, uh, 7th Mastery. Uh, I want to get to 7,000. I'm going to pick a bunch of followers and run a bunch of games for people. So if you want to play D&D &D with me, go check it out. Awesome, awesome. And uh, for me, I don't have anything else to shout out, but I am looking forward to seeing as many of you all at Gen Con as possible. If you are going to be at Gen Con, make sure you do comment or pop us uh, a message on the socials. We definitely want to you know, know who all of the awesome 3D printing people are going to be there at the con because it's so much more fun to meet you all in person than it is to, uh, to, to connect digitally. <laughs> Until next time, I'm Jefferson J. Thacker, also known as Param. I'm Kristen Sowers, also known as Seventh Mastery, and don't forget to use your screen protector. Our guest this week was Matt Gus. Thank you all, and goodbye.